opportunity is in the air. This is Philip with Soul Insights, and you are tuned in to Good Morning Market, where everyday businesses are empowered to lead the market with the latest in market news, insights, and strategy. Hello, everybody. Hope y'all are doing well. Welcome to November. Welcome to another week of working on our businesses, working on our, our careers. Uh, it's exciting to be with y'all once again. And last week, we had the honor and pleasure of speaking with Brian Judson of B3 about buying and selling businesses, growing your business through acquisition, or even becoming a business owner through acquisition. Going to take a slight pivot and talk with a whirlwind success that is born and, and bred out of the coastal Georgia arena. That would be Coastal Care Partners. Got to speak with co-founder Scott Pierce about what they've been doing over there and how they started their organization slightly before COVID, obviously having a great success off the get-go, but then the massive changes that came their way and opportunities that they took advantage of um, during COVID and uh, the Savannah Biz Pitch competition as well. So a lot to cover within that story, a lot of lessons to learn, less First, hit the market roundup and then get right into it with Scott. So, market roundup, we got two pieces of news for y'all. First one is coming from Wall Street Journal. The headline is Job Reports shows payrolls grew 261,000 in October. The U.S. labor market remains strong but is showing more signs of cooling following the Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate increases aimed at combating high inflation. Employers added the seasonally adjusted 261,000 jobs in October, a robust number but the fewest since December 2020, and the unemployment rate rose to 3.7%, the Labor Department said Friday. Wage gains in October ticked up from the previous month. On an annual basis, however, Wage increases have eased, a possible sign of loosening in the labor market. We next have from Savannah Morning News, crews have moved 11 million plus cubic yards of dirt already. Here's where the Hyundai site stands. One little snippet from that article. Site prep crews have cleared approximately 1,600 acres on the 3,000 acre site since work began in August. The scheduled calls for several locales to be foundational pad already, pad ready, graded and prepped for building materials with the target of having all this done by the end of the calendar year. That is your market roundup for the week. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time, and I have Scott Pierce with me. So y'all help me give me a, have a warm welcome. He's the Chief Operating Officer, the co-founder of distributed healthcare provider Coastal Care Partners. While searching for aging life care services for their own loved ones, Scott and his wife, Amy Pierce, discovered the need for more well-rounded programs in Savannah that truly improve and maintain the quality of life for aging adults. Since 2018, when they founded it, Coastal Care Partners has established themselves as leaders in their market, and they're changing the game when it comes to how patients receive care. Welcome to Good Morning Market, Scott. How are you doing? Oh, doing great. Thanks a lot, and excited to to be here and, and to chat. I know it's about time that you know we we get you into the podcast world. Y'all been y'all been getting a lot of press. You've been making big waves in a rel relatively short duration. Obviously, um, really we're at the forefront on the business community side to fighting COVID during the COVID pandemic. So I'm really happy 
that I was able to get you on my program. Truly is an honor. Um, but before we get all the way to the more recent news, I, I dug into your background on what you uh, have posted on LinkedIn. And close to the coast where y'all operate, there is this farm town uh, called Statesboro, Georgia, about an hour west of where you and I operate. I saw that you went to Georgia State University, my alma mater. Yep. Maybe take a, a minute or two for, for those who don't know Georgia Southern, explain what your experience was like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my whole family uh, is, is a Georgia Southern family. Um, my mom and dad uh, graduated from Georgia Teachers College, which is mm -hmm. what Georgia Southern was back uh, before it became Georgia Southern mm -hmm. um, in, the, in the early 1950s. Uh, my sister uh, graduated from Georgia Southern College in, uh, I think, 1979. And then I got out of Georgia Southern University in uh, 1991 so we've got a ton of experience um my my father was a huge supporter of georgia southern uh mm -hmm. through his career um it's you know i've got early memories of when my sister was there uh, in college back in the 70s and i was younger um, i even went up i remember when i was 10 or 11 i uh, went up and stayed one time with her uh, at her dorm in the pines mm -hmm. uh, back in the 70s so going way back there. Um, I had a blast. It's, it's a wonderful uh, school and uh, just a you know, good education, a lot of fun. I went in the journalism or the broadcast journalism, uh, broadcast communication uh, school there and, uh, and had a great experience. And mm -hmm. in fact, uh, Amy, my wife, uh, is a mm -hmm. Georgia Southern graduate as well. Mm -hmm. um, she went through a little bit uh, after I did, um, mm -hmm. a few years after I did. Um, but again, uh, a great uh, university. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, both Amy's parents uh, were professors uh, at Georgia Southern yeah. and, and taught there. So she grew up around that. Just a lot of fun and, and a good school. Yep, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I just so happened, I, I subconsciously we're ready for Saturday or something because we both got on the navy blue and you got yeah. the white pinstripe going. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for those who don't know Georgia Southern, I, I've noticed coming back to the Savannah area, and I lived in Atlanta for a couple of years like like you have, um, that you know, th there's a, a more and more people who I meet who have gone to Georgia Southern, and I think yeah. that they're growing sense of pride uh even with you know the transition to the bigger conference and and obviously you know georgia university of georgia is the 800 pound gorilla in the state but i think georgia southern has done a really good job uh, and the alumni have really grasped on to the legacy in the community and the reputation that is built um going pivoting back to healthcare right quick as most people don't know that georgia southern university has one of the nation's best nursing programs across the entire United States. They have an exemplary um, Army ROTC program, good business school, uh, really good science programs, and very accessible. Uh, so uh, really, really cool that we have that tie-in. Um, however, even though we didn't go to Georgetown at the same time, the first time I kind of met y'all and came, became aware of y'all was your you're almost your shark taking experience. So, so yeah. for those who don't know, Savannah Score, they do a Savannah Biz Pitch program every year. Y'all were in a really unique time in 2020. That was when y'all were nominated and went through that process. And y'all ended up being one of the winners of the almost like a business scholarship program uh, in the latter parts of 2020. Um, it's like, once again, that kind of local, more friendly version of Shark Tank. Maybe you could that's how people know that y'all did it. I feel like that's how a lot of people in the business community kind of like, hey, the Coastal Care Partners, they won the Savannah yeah. pitch. But maybe you could retrace the steps for us and recap what that experience was with minors now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when Amy and I started uh, our company, Coastal Care Partners, uh, in 2018, mm -hmm. um, we actually uh, incorporated in 2017. So we spent about a year working through the ideas, exactly what we wanted the company to be. And uh, once we launched in 2018, it was primarily just around, we knew we wanted uh, an aging services solution company. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's definitely an area that both of our families have had to deal with. I had to, you know, go down that path with both of my parents as they were aging. Um, and we, we knew we we knew there was opportunity to improve the, the service offerings uh, around aging. Um, at the same time, you know, we initially did not have a desire to get into the, the more medical side of that. So if you think about aging services, there's a care side, which is mm -hmm. when you put a caregiver in the home or you have a, a nurse help you navigate the care landscape. And then the other side of that is is just straight medical, you know, doctors and hospitals and urgent cares and, and all of that. And that wasn't really the area that we were we were targeting at first. But as mm -hmm. we got into the aging services, we continued to see opportunity for ways to create interesting solutions uh, around helping provide care at home for uh, seniors, especially the fragile seniors who have a lot of medical conditions who don't need to be leaving their homes a lot to go into right. a doctor's office. And so that's really where the, the idea for My Nurse Now, which was what we called the second company that we were forming back then, we have since changed the name mm -hmm. uh, from My Nurse Now to Coastal Care MD, mm -hmm. um, is probably gonna be a little confusing for everybody. So we have two companies, Coastal Care mm -hmm. Partners, Coastal Care MD, but right. we market everything under coastal care partners so that's okay. our, our business name two organizations under the coastal care partners brand and umbrella exactly and with with my nurse now is what it was called back then it was really the idea was how can we provide great medical care at home and so it really it really was the idea of the the old-fashioned house call mm -hmm. at home you know how do yep. you how, how can you put a doctor in the home uh, to see patients. The pandemic showed us that, you know, people still needed to get to the doctor. But if you remember at the, the early stages of the pandemic, doctors were like, no, don't, don't come into the office. Yep. It's, it's, it's too dangerous for everybody. Yep. And so we had a couple of physicians call us, uh, call coastal care partners and say, Hey, I know you guys, manage and help navigate um and i'll just use the name mrs smith nobody mm -hmm. real just a made-up mm -hmm. name mm -hmm. you guys manage mrs smith i really need to see mrs smith because she has these three or four different medical conditions but i don't want her to come into the office okay. can you send your nurse into the home and help me establish a telemedicine visit with mrs smith unfortunately mm -hmm. mrs smith is not very technically savvy. She doesn't right. know how to work Zoom, doesn't know how to work FaceTime. Mm -hmm. So that's where the idea really originated for us. Mm -hmm. We saw the need to have a, a, a registered nurse go into the home, help a senior citizen, set up the technology, handle the technology for a virtual visit so that their doctor could see them. Mm -hmm. So you think about, oh, well, then all you're doing is you're you're managing the technology. But the beautiful thing is if we're there helping with the technology, they're also a registered nurse. So right. now your regular telemedicine visit, which 
usually is just completely a technology to technology exchange, you know, FaceTime to FaceTime or Zoom to Zoom, there's no interaction. Mm -hmm. Well, now there's an RN at the bedside. So the right. doctor can ask the RN to get vital signs, do a right. physical check. So all of a sudden we've just amped up your telemedicine visit to an right. actual hands-on provider type visit. And so we, we coined the term hybrid house call. So it's okay. not a doctor going into the home. It's a doctor staying remote on a virtual visit, but the nurse going into mm -hmm. the home. So it's sort of a hybrid between your old fashioned house call and a modern telemedicine visit. And so that mm -hmm. was the concept that we took to um, uh, BizPitch. And mm -hmm. we were very fortunate in that the, uh, the judge uh, panel that resonated with them, they saw the value of that. And we were able to, uh, to be one of the winners in that competition. Very nice. So it sounds like, you know, a couple of different things came together for y'all to identify an opportunity, nay, a need, even pre-pandemic for what became Coastal Care Partners and Coastal Care MD. So as you were kind of seeing what was happening with COVID and before that, you know, your own personal experience taking care of loved ones, if you could kind of summarize, like, how did you see the gap, right? Because I, I yeah. even talk with with uh, other business owners and new business owners in, in classes about, you know, you, there's a market that exists before you come into it. And and so there's already, already a certain amount of alternatives to address problems. But when you come into play, you may be that kind of person where you identify a problem, but then you see an opportunity that there's a gap where that problem is not getting addressed a certain way. So, you know, what, how was that process for y'all in finding out like, hey, no one's doing this and they really should. And you know what? It might as well be us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, entrepreneurship is usually all about filling a gap. Mm -hmm. And, you know, or or or, or attacking a, a situation with a, a better mousetrap. Right. And right. It's, there are two different ways to look at it. Mm -hmm. For us, it was it was just pure real world experience. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I had my parents were in their mid 80s. My dad faced some uh, health challenges at 85 years old. He was already caring for my mom who has mm -hmm. dementia and uh, her uh, health care had already declined. So you've got an 85-year-old uh, man facing health uh, challenges, you know, caring for an 82-year-old wife who has dementia and is in a wheel wheelchair, yeah. and now he's sidelined with his own health challenges, and there's no other family in town. I lived in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so the real-world challenge of how am I going to manage my parents' care mm -hmm. from Atlanta? Yeah. Right. So if the if the patient in our healthcare continuum, you know, for the past you know 10,000 years, it's been family that has managed the health needs of other family members. Yes. You know, there's a reason back in the 30s and 40s why families on the farm had 10 kids. Right. Because you needed to create that yeah. type of village to help right. care for not only yourselves, but everybody else. Well, that's not the way the world works today. Um, you know, today kids live hundreds of miles generally from where their parents are you know we go 
to where the jobs are and where the opportunities mm -hmm. are. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of times different from where we grew up and mom and dad mm -hmm. stay there. So through that real world experience and challenge, um, you know, we looked at it and said, all right, so if my parents are not capable of managing their own health care anymore, they've gotten to that age where they can't mm -hmm. do it and there's no family in town, you know, in our health system nowadays, it used to be the primary care doctor, it used to be the town doctor that would either come to the home or knew everybody and would, would sort of help, you know, manage through every situation. Yeah. Well, now primary care doctors have to have 2,500 patients to remotely have a financially viable business, thanks to yep. health insurance, right? Yep. Yep. You know, you think about what's happened and this is probably a very broad answer to your question, but yeah, I think yeah, but it is so pertinent too. Like this is a very holistic. You're kind of seeing the ten thousand foot view yes. as you're seeing what the gaps are. Yeah, so yeah. Continue, and, and please. So you know, I absolutely think that a lot of it starts with you know the business side of healthcare, mm -hmm. and you know it, it it's all based now on insurance mm -hmm. and health insurance. We all have it. We all pay for it. Right. Um, you know, health insurance is, I wouldn't want to be in the health insurance business. Now, listen, they're all profitable. I mean, Blue Cross Blue Shield, I think they made like $7 billion profit last year. That's mm -hmm. profit. That's not revenue. That's oh, profit, oh, right. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they're profiting unbelievable amounts, right? right. But at the same time, the cost or, or what they reimburse for a doctor's visit continues to decline. So think about it this way. 20 years ago, if you went to the doctor, you know, that doctor would charge you or your insurance for that mm -hmm. visit. 20 mm -hmm. years ago, the insurance company would pay that doctor $200 to $250 mm -hmm. for that visit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the doctor could see 10 patients a day, mm -hmm. you know, get $2,500 total in, in billing. And back 25 years ago, the cost to run a medical practice wasn't like it is today. You know, inflation over the past 20 years has been incredible in the healthcare business. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that $250 is now $100 that the insurance companies pay an, a, a physician to, to manage your care. So, so you know, if you're if you're a math person, if you're a business person, you're going, oh wait. So the amount that I get for providing my service has diminished by more than half. Mm -hmm. And the cost to run my business to be a physician has increased, you know, fivefold. Yep. You know, they can't they can't manage, uh, you know, 500 patients anymore. No. You know, they have they, to they have basically have to have the Walmart model, right? You just you, move you so really much do. volume that that's where the profits come from as you're moving such a volume at low margins that it, then it, you can actually have a good business. Exactly. So, you know, doctors, when they used to be able to see 10 patients a day and spend 30 minutes with that patient, now they're seeing 30 patients a day, spending seven minutes with that patient. And a lot mm -hmm. of times, if you're like my old doctor experience, when you go in to see the doctor, the doctor's sitting at their computer, turning back over their head to talk to you for those seven minutes. It's not a really great, robust experience with the physician. And listen, it's not the physicians. They hate that. Physicians, will, they want, they go to school to care for patients. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never met, I've been fortunate, I've never met a bad physician. I've never mm -hmm. met a physician who did not want to provide fantastic care. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, the financial realities of healthcare in our country today, in our world today, mm 
mm-hmm. don't lend themselves to a very you know warm and fuzzy customer or patient experience because mm-hmm. of just the sausage factory approach right it's in and out and they, you've got to keep churning it in order to see enough patients to get that hundred dollars or so per patient yeah. to pay the bills so you go back to where we were with my parents so the the primary care doctor wasn't going to manage my my parents health right and and navigate do they need caregivers you know what are the other doctors saying so i saw that need at the same time my wife amy um who we were actually not married at the time we were dating Mm -hmm. and she was an admissions nurse for a hospice uh, company here in savannah Mm -hmm. and so she saw every day going into the home helping people sign up for hospice just the crisis that was there there was a lack of knowledge about the healthcare system a lack of knowledge of what insurance would pay for a lack of Mm -hmm. knowledge of of what their family member needed um, Mm -hmm. in the in a critical time of hospice and so the two of us, you know, we, we talked a lot about there should be a company that helps you navigate the healthcare environment that is not beholden to insurance because insurance doesn't pay for health insurance does not pay for some of the key things that you need as you're aging. Yeah. Health insurance does not pay for a caregiver to come into the home. Mm-mm. So a lot of pay, a lot of people need a caregiver, if if not a couple of hours a day, maybe even 24 hours a day, you know, there, mm-hmm. there's a high level need. Mm-hmm. Health insurance doesn't pay for that. So you have to pay for that out of pocket. At the, at the same time, health insurance doesn't pay for any type of navigation or, you know, somebody to help you understand the, the landscape of healthcare. So that really is, is what we came up with. We said, we're going to create a private pay company mm-hmm. where people can pay for the services that they want if insurance isn't going to pay for it mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we shouldn't provide the service and granted right. not everybody can pay for it it's like anything else in in our society we yep. put value on different things right and so we created a company for people that had a need and put value on having an expert clinical resource help you navigate healthcare. and that was the basis of yep. our company Coastal Care Partners initially formed as a navigational company. So Mm -hmm. you could hire us to Mm -hmm. help you navigate your loved one's healthcare journey. And Amy was the first nurse. We hire nurses to do that. Right. And so she started, you know, getting patients. Yeah. And and that's really where the the company started. And from then, so that was the gap. There is nobody, you know, you know, I think about it this way just like you pay a lawyer to handle your legal concerns Mm -hmm. just like you hire a realtor to Mm -hmm. sell your house Mm -hmm. just like you hire an accountant to do your taxes you should be able to hire a healthcare professional Mm -hmm. to help you navigate healthcare and that was the basis of our company so that makes a lot of sense and so i think we we got a thorough kind of process of how to track it what was there and then how y'all went through like what do we need to add to complement to change um, and there's a whole lot to navigate anything related to healthcare. I think that you're uh, kind of navigating how things have changed over time, as well as the way doctors operate, insurance, a l- very convoluted industry. Y'all decided to enter, yeah. 
And then to make it one step more complicated, there is this uh, coronavirus that <laughs> hit everybody shortly after y'all started y'all's company. It's like you said, technically incorporated 2017. You're in business for under three years. Then boom, 14 days to stop the spread became a global pandemic, which obviously affected everybody, uh, yeah. including uh, obviously medical professionals. So um, when you're looking back now, could you kind of summarize when y'all were – operating through that time or not starting but very early in your business mm -hmm. journey what did that do for you as a business leader having to navigate through that pandemic and, and that healthcare business you know people don't believe me when i tell them this but the pandemic did not have much of an impact on our business um and what i mean that is by surprising that, yeah it, so we'll unpack that a okay. little bit okay what it what it means is that Pandemic or no pandemic, our core business to start with was putting caregivers in the home, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. people needed that. That need did not go away when the mm -hmm. pandemic hit. Now, yes, we had to overcome uh, some concerns. You know, people mm -hmm. were concerned about having a stranger come yep. into their home. So right. we certainly had to jump through the hoops of you know, we have to wear masks and, you know, we, we want to make sure folks are vaccinated because there was a huge desire early on um, mm -hmm. demand by the community you know i only want vaccinated caregivers and right. there was a fair amount of resistance you probably remember you know hearing stories every day in the healthcare community there were a lot of healthcare providers that didn't want to get vaccinated at, at no. first um, right. and so we had to navigate that but mm -hmm. the, those two to me looking back were were minor you know, not even hurdles and more like little speed bumps, you know, just in our operational day to day, we said, all right, so we've got to hire, uh, we've got to um, be able to find good PPE equipment, you know, yeah. and, you know, we've got to have good masks and gowns if needed. Right. So we figured that out. Right. Um, you know, we worked to establish a testing protocol for our caregivers so that we would test before going into the home. Right. But, but really the, the business didn't change. The need was okay. still there. People yeah. needed us to come into the home, right? And um, and so the core part of the business, I will say, was was pretty much unaffected. You know, we right. kept growing as our name became more because uh, it really was. We'd only been in business about a year and a half when this thing hit. Gotcha. So, you know, it, we were just getting our name out, and mm -hmm. as as people started to respond to our model mm -hmm. of delivering services, yeah. Um, you know, we, we had more opportunities now. Right. Where I will tell you that the pandemic uh, impacted us is it opened up the medical side of the business, right? Because remember, we're talking about two different businesses. We're talking mm -hmm. about Coastal Care Partners, which is our mm -hmm. private pay aging services company, mm -hmm. um, which we had already started. But on the medical side, this is, this is actually a, a great story. Um, Dr. Jason Conley, who owns Village, he's a pharmacist. He owns Village Walk Pharmacy out here mm -hmm. at Skidaway Island. Mm -hmm. you know, they've been out here for 20 some years. They do a wonderful service for the, the community of Skidaway Island. We had met him about three months before for dinner. And, and he said, hey guys, um, there's gonna be this vaccine coming down the pike. Um, mm -hmm. And when we get it, um, you know, I might need some help, you know, um, getting the, the vaccine out to, to my clients. Mm -hmm. And so Amy and I living here on the island and we said, sure, we'd love to be involved. I and mean, that'd be a great way to get our name out is to be associated yep. with this, this vaccination effort.
forward to, to early January of uh, whatever that year was that the vaccine came out, maybe 2020. End of, end of 2020, beginning yes, of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So January of 2021, mm-hmm. um, we, uh, Jason uh, called us and said, hey, hey guys, can you meet me uh, at, in the, the village on Skidaway Island? Um, I've got this space that's been donated to us by the Lewis family to, to have a vacine clinic. It was an old store that was vacant in the in the village. And so we we met with Jason on a Saturday and he said, so yeah, I really had planned on vaccinating um, about 1500 people. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I do flu vaccines every year. And yeah. that's about how many people I vaccinate, you know, for flu vaccine every year. He said, Scott, I, I opened up, um, I started publicizing that I had the vaccine on Tuesday. It's yeah. now Saturday. I've had 8,000 people sign up. Huh. So, so in four days. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and this is all brand new, right? And so yeah. He, yeah. he wasn't really geared up for that. We certainly weren't geared up for that. Mm-hmm. But we put our heads together and we said, all right, so the need is there. The demand mm-hmm. is there. We've got to deliver for the community. So in three days, we came, we, we, so Coastal Care Partners had a electronic medical record system, an EMR healthcare computer mm-hmm. software system. Yep. We, we had registered nurses on our, on our staff. Dr. Conley had the vaccine and mm-hmm. the pharmacy relationships to get more vaccine and the supplies. Yep. And so we jumped in and partnered together and by Wednesday, this was Saturday, I want to say it's like the, the 8th or 9th of January. By Wednesday, the 12th or 13th of January, we opened up the vaccine clinic here on Skidaway and we vaccinated 350 people that day. Um, I won't say it was flawless. It was, it, it was flawed. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot yeah. of challenges. But I'll tell you, from that first day, we averaged about vaccinated about 300 people for the next three months. And so we vaccinated from the time we started until the last last time I looked, which was probably the, you know, the end of 2021, um, between Dr. Conley's efforts and our efforts, we vaccinated about 23,000 people. Um, And it was, it was a great, so what it did for us, what the, what the, the pandemic did for us is it allowed us to get in and, and we did that just to, just to, to be clear on this, at the start, we did it pro bono. We mm-hmm. did it for no charge because we knew that we would benefit from the word of mouth and from the marketing side of things. That was what we gained from it. Now, eventually, we got certified ourselves for the vaccine so that we could yeah. bill insurance for it. Yeah. Um, and so we did that going forward. Um, right. And we were one of the so Coastal Care Partners. What so we did. We did the the, the clinic on, on the island for about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, about three months in, we um, got requests to start taking the vaccine out. If you remember, early in the in the vaccination effort, um, it was just people sixty five and older who were allowed to get the vaccine. Correct. Right. Yes. And healthcare mm-hmm. providers. Mm-hmm. And there was one other caveat to that initial qualification, or caregivers so mm-hmm. if you had a 65 year old mom mm-hmm. you were her caregiver but you're 40 right you can get vaccinated because you've right. got to provide care for that person so yeah. at the time teachers were not in the loop um and, and other significant people were not in the loop well 
my wife Amy and I were at a basketball game where our 13 year old or what he was 11 years old at the time we were sitting next to a school nurse where our kids went to school and the nurse said god I really want to get our teachers vaccinated and you know but teachers weren't in the loop yet and yep. we were sitting there talking and in through our conversation we realized well, wait a minute you've got some 65 year old teachers on mm -hmm. staff mm -hmm. do you have any teachers that are caregivers for people that are over 65 Mm -hmm. And she she came, she called us the next day and she said, yeah, we've got about 50 or so that meet those qualifications. Mm -hmm. We said, well, that's a letter of the law. We can vaccinate those people. Yeah. So we took the vaccine out of the clinic to the school, vaccinated those people. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting, that was on a Friday. Mm -hmm. By Sunday night, it had hit social media and the initial word was how come this one school gets to skirt the rules and vaccinate their teachers and how could coastal care partners just you know flaunt the the rules and, and vaccinate teachers mm -hmm. and so it took us about a day of damage control <laughs> to educate everybody exactly yeah. <clears throat> and the yeah. school had to come out and say no no it wasn't our whole teacher body. It was just the ones that meet the qualifications. Mm -hmm. So that was Monday. So Monday was a bad day. I, Monday mm -hmm. was a stressful day because mm -hmm. we were kind of getting accused of doing something against the rules of the vaccine. Mm -hmm. But once everybody dug in and looked at it by Wednesday, mm -hmm. the, um, we got called by Chatham County Public Schools and they said, how can you vaccinate all of our teachers that meet this qualification? Other right. principals started calling us. People realized yep. that, hey, we just hadn't thought about that that yep. way. Yep. We can. So we were one of the first companies to take the vaccine out of the clinic and yep. into businesses and into schools. We yep. vaccinated tons of businesses in Savannah. We vaccinated mm -hmm. Chatham County Courthouse. We yep. vaccinated uh, the Chatham County schools. <laughs> we vaccinated jails. Uh, locally huh. and uh, in North Georgia, we took the vaccine into jails. Mm -hmm. We we did get the chance to vaccinate some of the movie sets here in town, right? So you've mm -hmm. got people coming from LA to keep those businesses running and keep those dollars coming into our community. Yep. You've got to get those people vaccinated. Yep. So the vaccine effort, the pandemic for us resulted in us figuring out how can we solve a problem with right. getting the vaccine to people because before that everybody thought oh well the vaccine can only be at the health department and we or the or the hospital and we've got to go there right and that overwhelms those facilities yes we said no let's break that and yep. let's take the vaccine to the people right and i think that what this story is telling me really COVID is one example of it because you have a, a long form healthcare challenge where you all saw an opportunity and decided to fill it. It was something that had been brewing for decades and decades as the model right. change. But then COVID happens and within about a year, you have a whole new set of problems. You know, what I'm hearing and I'm hoping that the audience takes away from this is this is an example, a case in point of seeing a gap and filling the gap, making it happen, and then being able to pay it forward to get your name out there, to start to build a reputation and kind of that taste test, seeing is believing 
even if it means doing some pro bono vaccinations, if you find opportunities like, hey, we can make this work and you put boots on the ground, you adapt and overcome even a super convoluted, heavily regulated industry like healthcare, where you can make adjustments to operations and regulations as need be, then you can do something that everybody kind of subconsciously knew they want, but they just just uh, assume they couldn't have it. And I think that that's part of what the story of Coastal Care Partners has to this point been, which is really impressive. Uh, before we wrap up the episode, would you mind if we did some rapid fire questions? Sure, let's do it. All right, let me hit you with a couple of these. So all that to say, uh, what do you think was the number one thing that you figured out since starting that business way back in 2017? What's the number one thing that y'all figured out, which you think has been the key to propelling the success of, of your organization? delivering outstanding customer solutions. Um, at the end of the day, healthcare is not thought of as a consumerism type industry. It's not thought of as a customer focused industry. No, we, we're changing that. We call our business customer focused healthcare. And, -focused and by delivering solutions. to the customer rather right. than delivering to the industry, you're yep. going to you're going to get better results. I love that. Yeah, that it's not just patients in a, in, a, in a triage. It's actual treating them like customers, which means that they deserve to get a, a certain type of service and, and service level. And what's I love the word solutions, too. So you're trying to actually solve their problem. So let me go ask you another question. You're talking to a, a similar business leader. They may not be in healthcare, but they're a business leader who's kind of in your organizational size or journey. They're two years behind you, though. They're where yeah. you were back and I guess at this point, maybe early 2020, what's your main advice to that business leader? Hang it out there, throw it out, right? You know, cast far ahead. Um, okay. you, know, like, wait, what, you know, what you want to do is you want to, you want to go after it. Um, mm -hmm. At least that worked for us. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm, we're, we're fairly, I won't say risky, but we're not risk averse, right? Yeah. We're, I think we're, we're, we're fairly smart in, in looking at things that could, you know, have the ice break under us, mm -hmm. but you know, we, we definitely saw opportunities and you're never going to, you're never going to seize the opportunities out there in the marketplace in the capitalistic world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's always the faster, better, sharper, mm -hmm. you know, tool that usually, you know, wins the race. And for us, our our success came from trying things we you know we were we were not ready fire aim but we were certainly also not we're going to wait until it's perfect to launch right. Right. we said let's launch at 70 percent, and we'll figure the rest of it out and so right. I, my advice to people is hang it out there go try it if it doesn't mm -hmm. work be nimble pivot mm -hmm. we had to do that a lot but pivot to where the mar market takes you. Yep. You are trying to work smart, but you're also trying to be aggressively agile, right? Yep. And and yeah, I like that. So then conversely, now we're talking to a business leader who's two years into the future of where you want to be. So where you want to be two years from now, you you get to talk to a business leader who is there. Uh, what's your question for him or her? Oh, that's a good one. Um, that's a tough one. You know, I would say... <laughs> It, you know, this this is probably opening the, the kimono for some of the business folks here, and we'll appreciate this, yeah. especially newer businesses. Right, is is dealing. You know, how are you dealing with the employee uh, landscape nowadays? Yeah, um, you know that's that's one of the biggest challenges we face, and I think it's yes. one of the biggest challenges 
that most businesses face in 2022 to 23 yeah. is it's not the same environment that it was 10 years ago. You know, yeah. the pandemic or whatever happened um, right. changed how employees and business owners or business leaders interact. Yes. And and we as as business owners and leaders mm -hmm. have to adapt. You know, we can't be, you know, so obtuse and go, you know, employees will do what we we tell them to and they'll they'll mm -hmm. fit into our box. Right. Um yeah, employees have have realized uh hey, we've got some power in this equation too nowadays. Right. Um so I think the two have to work together and there's going to yes. be a meeting of the mind. So that would be my question 2 years yeah. in advance. Right. is how did you navigate this this shift in paradigm of the the employee you know mm -hmm. uh, how the employee has changed over the, the few past few years yeah brilliant point i'm i'm hoping to cover some of that from the economic side of the house with some some smart folks because yeah just the the national but also our regional labor uh, labor dynamics are going to be crazy and just tough to figure out and like you said it's not just finding people it's the hiring is the first part the like you said the relationship dynamics have completely changed so we're operating i won't say in new paradigms but in a very different manner than we were even a yeah. few years ago so sure. thank you for bringing that point up the final question to Scott Pierce uh, here on Good Morning Market is what's coming down the pipe for y'all and uh, how can folks learn more about your organization? Yeah, so uh, coming down the pike, we are getting more involved in um, providing medical uh, solutions for aging services. Um, okay. You know, we've got a lot of private pay uh, mm -hmm. systems in place. We're looking at expanding into some of the specialties around mm -hmm. aging services. Okay. Um, you know, dementia and Parkinson's disease are, are mm -hmm. two very prominent um, issues that are facing the elderly today. We're looking at ways that, to provide really good solutions and care yes. services for yes. those niches. Um, yes. So that's really the way the, the direction we're going is providing a we're trying to create an all inclusive aging solutions company. Right. Yes. And it doesn't just end with private pay, the medical part of it plays a big part of yeah. it as well. And if you want to get in touch with us, you know, it's it's on the web, coastalcarepartners.com. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got a, a great website that lists all of our services. It is an ever-changing website because we're an ever-changing company and evolving Good. with new services, but yeah. that's the best way to, to find out about us. Perfect. Yeah, I'll put that down in the show notes, by the way. Uh, really strong organization, not just impressive from a business standpoint, but like you said, you're meeting a very super important need, especially when I think about parkinson's and dementia for aging populations especially with distributed families who aren't there like we used to be able to 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 take care of them y'all are really tip of the spear for what we need in our community so thank you for joining good market it was very educational and inspirational i hope, wish you all the success as y'all are launching that next phase and uh, let's do this again sometime we'd love to thank you for the opportunity stuff with 
Scott. Um, I always enjoy speaking with successful CEOs and business owners who have gone before where many of us have gone or are in the process of going into that next phase as, as many businesses are looking to innovate and grow and scale. And I think that a great case point is Coastal Care Partners. Part of how I'm processing this, looking at the, the detailed conversation with Scott, would be number one, see a gap, fill a gap. You know, there really is something to be said for when you're observing in your life, your personal experience like them or in the business world, if you see a gap that it, that the market sees as a gap or a part of the market sees as a gap, go fill that gap. You know, it it's not necessarily building a better mousetrap to saying, hey, you know, no one's putting the mousetraps here. And I think that they are a testament, Coastal Care Partners, that is, on how to identify a gap. They saw that you know the, the way that elder uh, senior care was being done was lacking um, the kind of service level that is needed or that they wanted for their own loved ones. Hey, we think we can do this. And they had some background and some and some acumen, and so they went right into it. And I think another thing that kept, kept came, coming up with Scott that was uh, resonated with me is to be smartly aggressive, but aggressive nevertheless. You know, you're not going to hit run, uh, home runs unless you are putting some big swings out there, and that's why you've seen these guys grow their umbrella, grow their brand, grow their organization so quickly is because. With the chaos and how much is going back and forth with the healthcare industry and COVID and COVID fallout, there are a lot of different needs that were changing and appearing and disappearing in a period of you know less than a year. But because they were aggressive and they were looking to add value, they were looking to add new angles and meet new needs, they're going and they're hunting for those opportunities. And I think that's another reason why you've seen them uh, be able to scale and be successful at the rate that they have. And the final thing was, I, th I think that this is an innovative company here. You know, they these guys are bridging the gap and they're looking way back into history, but they're also uh, adding a new twist on a somewhat historical model to address the gaps that have been developing in healthcare for decades upon decades now. And it's very innovative because not all innovation is someone coming up with the next light bulb or something from nothing. You know, they're just completely breaking the concept like, you know, the iPod or something like that. Most innovation is modular. It's incremental. It's taking this piece and that piece and, and wedging them together. And I think in terms of a, a service business like uh, Coastal Healthcare Partners, they're a perfect example of how if you can create, uh, be creative and think outside the box and look to do something a little bit better, or add another piece that's not there before, that's where you can really make a lot of folks happy. You can find a niche, you can win a niche, you can build a strong reputation. And when you pair that with some smart aggression in the marketplace, looking for opportunities to diversify and to add on, that's how you get a success story like the ongoing success story that is Coastal Care Partners. So great conversation. Looking forward to the next one, which is going to be Nate Wayne of the Small Business Assistance Corporation. Really excited to speak with Wayne and, and leveraging his decade of banking experience, talking to us business owners about capital, different types of capital for different types of need. But when you can't bootstrap it or you don't want to bootstrap it and you need to get that outside source, you've got a lot of options at your disposal as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. But most of y'all, like myself, 
we don't know all those options that are out there. Nate's going to bring it home for us and give us a an easy to understand uh, overview of the capital resources at the disposal of everyday businesses. And finally, before we get into the rest of the week, I do want to make a final call for the podcast anniversary party. If you're able to come down and hang out with us in the Richmond Hill, Georgia area on Thursday, November 10th at 5:30 start time, RSVP using the link in the show notes in the description. We'd love to have you out there. We'd love to celebrate you. We're getting to the one year of this podcast and the community that we built together. So we'd love to have y'all. We're going to have lots of cool stuff, raffle prizes, catering, and the like. But you got our RSVP, so I know that you guys are coming so we can treat you. Have a great day. And don't forget, in order to lead your market, you must first hear and know your market.